Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. A very good evening to you. Welcome back to, at least welcome to this edition of Questions and Answers. I'm Khawa Solomon and alhamdulillah we have received lots and lots and lots of SMSs. Please pray that uh, we will get through this hour and uh, inshallah your question will be answered. But we do appreciate once again, we will reiterate and say this, we appreciate your patience for waiting um, anxiously for your answer We will answer every question That you do send through But we would just like to halt the SMS For now questions um, And get through our backlog of weeks and weeks Of questions that we have to deal with There are literally about four, five to six pages Of um, SMSs That we have to have to deal with And of course dealing with them Is uh, none other than our guest Sheikh Ibrahim Wiss Assalamu alaikum to you Sheikh Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh And to all the listeners of the Voice of the Cape Welcome back and shukran once again to Sheikh uh, for availing um, Sheikh's time to do the show, answer all our questions um, for the listeners, alhamdulillah. So let's get straight into it, Sheikh Salam. How do we dispose of Islamic calendars, memos or anything with Allah's name on it once it's old or outdated? We cannot throw it away, of course. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, alhamdulillah, wa salatu wa salamu ala rasulillah wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. Quite correct, we, we, we ought to pay respect to any page that has Allah's name on it or have a verse of the Qur'an on it or even has a hadith of the Prophet ﷺ on it or anything sacred for that matter. We should not throw it just throw it in the bin alongside all the other dirt, but we should pay respect to it. And one of the ways that we get rid of it is we either burn it or we can bury it. That is the two ways that we get disposed of it, since uh, it should not go in the ordinary dustbin or dirtbin, out of respect. And Sayyidina Uthman radiallahu an had set this precedent at the time when, at the second time when the Quran was compiled, there were many uh, personal copies of the Quran in his time, which he uh, didn't want to circulate because he wanted official copies to circulate. So all those personal copies was actually burnt up. This was in the time of Sayyidina Uthman ibn Affan radiallahu an. So that is the precedent. We, we either burn it or we can bury it in a place where we also know people won't uh, necessarily hawk or uh, show any disrespect uh, towards it, etc. That is the best we can, we can do with uh, uh, old calendars or any old pages, especially if they have names of Allah or ayats of the Quran, etc. If it's just plain calendars, that don't have any of these things in Then it's no problem You can dispose of it in whatever way The only issue is Like I said In terms of having names of Allah Or anything sacred We should take care of Not uh, merely just throwing it in a bin But rather dispose it in the way That we have explained Okay, shukran Sheikh Next question is Assalamu alaikum Are females allowed to cut their hair? Shukran Sheikh for your valuable in- input Salam. Yeah, uh, females are of course uh, allowed to, to cut their hair There is nothing in the sharia that would uh, prevent them from doing this um, The only issue is that if, if they are married Then they have to do this in consultation with their husbands uh, It's not something they should do independently Because obviously uh, the, the husband also has some haq and some right As far as that is concerned uh, And the second point is uh, They should not be cutting their hair to disfigure themselves Or to, to do it in order to rebel Or to What I mean by rebellion is uh, there used to be a certain custom in certain times that people would cut their hair in mourning, for example, when they are in a state of mourning, the deceased, etc. This is not allowed. You're not allowed to cut your hair for those purposes. But if it is mere cutting the hair uh, for the sake of beautification, for the sake of 
whatever you want to do, no problem. If you are married, do consult with your husband first. And of course, this also does not mean when we say it is permissible for a woman to cut her hair that uh, she is able to to expose it to marriageable men, etc. That is not what we mean. Uh, of course, cutting the hair is permissible, but the hijab must still be done if it is among strange men, etc. But in your own pri- in the own privacy of your own home with your family members that are non-marriageable to you, you know, of course, you are allowed to expose to them uh, your hair and etc. The parts that are allowed for you to be uh, to be exposed. Shukran, Sheikh. Um, I had a stroke and I'm not able to use my left hand and um, I'm not steady on my left leg or side and I'm fearful of falling. How do I take hudu? Uh, Alhamdulillah, the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is uh, is easy. Allah ta'ala did not make things difficult for us. As Allah points out in many verses of the Quran, وَمَا جَعَلَ عَلَيْكُمْ فِي الدِّينِ مِنْ حَرَجٍ Allah did not put any difficulty in this deen. يُرِيدُ اللَّهُ بِكُمُ الْيُسْرَ وَلَا يُرِيدُ بِكُمُ الْعُسْرَ Allah wants easiness for you. He does not want difficulty for you. يُرِيدُ اللَّهُ أَيُّ خَفِّفَ عَنْكُمْ Allah ta'ala wants to make light for you. These are random verses that I'm just quoting to show that the general principle in Islam is that the deen of Allah ta'ala is applicable at all times. It's easy and it's not difficult to implement. Now in this case, if uh, the person who's asking is unable to take the hudu, then of course uh, this person should try his or her best to uh, take hudu in whatever way they can, if if that is possible. So if they cannot stand, obviously it's not a condition to stand in the first place. If you want to do so sitting or even lying down, then that is permissible. So since uh, the left hand is not functioning, uh, the right hand is still functioning. Um, in that case, if you are able to use your right hand, for example, to wash most of the other parts of the body, and then either get someone to wash your your, your left hand for you, right? Um, or, or, or the, the hand that is not functional uh, to, 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 to wash uh, that part of the hand If someone else can do that Or if uh, that also cannot be done Then of course the other option is to take tayammum Because the Quran says clearly That فَإِن لَمْ تَجِدُوا مَاءً فَتَيَمَّمُوا صَعِيدًا طَيِّبًا Of course in the context of not finding water Then you are able to take tayammum But the same would apply if you are not able to use water Due to illness etc So in this case where you are uh, uh, Where it is possible for you to wash Some parts of your body yourself Or by with the assistance of someone else Then that is what you should do And if you cannot wash that part that is affected Then of course you have to still take tayammum For that part in any case And tayammum of course means basically Two strokes, one stroke of dust For the face and one stroke of dust For the two hands or the two arms uh, That should be applied for that portion that you are unable to uh, to wash If you are not able to do it at all Let's say there's no one to assist you And there's no way that you are going to be able to do it Then of course you go straight into the tayammum You get somebody maybe to, be, to, to, to organize for you a bean bag That has uh, some dust in it so you take tayammum on your position that you are on in the bed or wherever it is by doing those strokes as, as best as you can. And inshallah that will be sufficient and you make salah like that. Salah will be acceptable because Allah Ta'ala does not put a burden upon us which is beyond our capacity. As Allah says in the end of Surah Al-Baqarah, لا يكلف الله نفسا إلا أسعها. Allah Ta'ala does not place a burden upon someone that is beyond his or her means. Shukran, Sheikh. Assalamu alaikum, Sheikh. Please explain the ladies' nights, uh, which includes belly dances. Is this allowed? 
in terms of ladies gathering for purposes of leisure and enjoyment, etc., if there are only ladies doing these activities, then there should be no problem. It's it's not um, prevented. We are not prevented in Islam to enjoy ourselves or to have some sort for form of leisure and pleasure, etc., as long as it is within the bounds of the Sharia. So if they get together and they are doing belly dancing, etc., but it's only women and uh, they, they, the major aura is not exposed to one another, then that is fine. That is all acceptable because dancing in itself amongst uh, members of, the, of your own gender, it's no problem. It's something which is allowed in Islam for the purposes of pleasure, etc. Um, of course, other, other things that, that may impact is it must not be done in, in times where salah is supposed to take place and other rules of the Sharia is supposed to be implemented. So as long as it does not impede on other responsibilities and duties, and as long as it is not done uh, you know, in front of opposite genders and, and stuff like that, it should be okay. There is, there is nothing as far as I know that can be prevented or that can be a problem for women uh, to do this kind of activity. Shukran, Sheikh. Uh, we have Sheikh Ibrahim Moers in studio with us answering your questions. And uh, Sheikh is the resident imam at the Yusufiya Masjid in Weinberg. We'll continue with your SMS questions just after the short break. My radio station, your radio station, our radio station, 91.3 FM and 95.8 FM stereo. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Welcome back to Questions and Answers. I'm Khawa Salomon and once again we reiterate and thank you for your patience for us answering your questions so late. These questions that we have received, um, that we, sorry, that we are dealing with has been received in the month of July already. So yes, during the month of Ramadan and we're looking at um, still dealing with that backlog, never mind the questions that came through maybe last week or the week before. But as we promised, we will deal with your questions, inshallah, in time to come. So, Sheikh, the next question is, Assalamu alaikum. If a husband avoids communicating and avoid her the whole of Ramadan, what does Allah say? Never mind, speak in a gentle way. So I guess this question is about a wife saying how her husband cheats her. Yeah. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Uh, of course, it goes without saying that the, the husband should uh, obviously not be treating the wife uh, like uh, like this because we should uh, at all times show good character and uh, we should show, uh, obviously, uh, good interaction and communication with our spouses. And this is uh, central to a, the success of any marriage. If there is no communication, then obviously the marriage won't last because we, we get married in order to be with another person and to create a family. Etc. So if we are going to get married but we want to still be by ourselves and we want to ignore each other, then that is obviously uh, heading for disaster. So it is wrong for the husband to avoid communicating, especially in the month of Ramadan. This question came up in Ramadan. Uh, Ramadan is supposed to be that month where our hearts soften, where we at least become a bit more conscious and we become a bit more uh, caring and gentle uh, in our approach. Uh, so obviously it is even more uh, apprehensible to do this during the month of Ramadan. So what we want to say to this husband is that if there is a problem with your wife, then of course you need to speak to her in a gentle way and speak to her like an adult and like a a, a person that, that cares for her. And similarly, she must do the same. And uh, we find that the Prophet ﷺ had set a beautiful example for us. He was the best of people, but yet he had the utmost of respect to everybody that was around him, his children, his wives, his friends, his neighbors, his companions. There is no account where the Prophet ﷺ ever spoke vulgar or he ever... Uh, you know, condemn
condemned or scorned at people, etc. So this is the type of character that is very much needed within a family setting. And yes, there are going to be times that uh, we are going to get upset or that we are going to be a bit disappointed or a bit angry. But we should try our level best never to go... Uh, in a direction where we totally lose our integrity or we make the other partner lose their integrity. It's important that we keep that intact. So obviously uh, uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, Ya ladina amanu taqullaha wa qulu qawlan sadida. Or you believe, fear Allah and speak a word that is straightforward, that is good, that is beneficial. And that is how we communicate. We communicate to each other in a way that is to the advantage of both parties, in a way that shows love and care and compassion. That is why we got married in the mm. first place. Otherwise, we should have not gotten married if we are not sociable. Right? So if there is an issue, the best is to then sit, sit down and, and talk about it. Allow yourself to express whatever unhappiness you have and also allow your wife to also do the same. And by doing that, by speaking and listening at the same time, I think this is key. Sometimes mm. we like to speak but we forget we also need to listen, right? Uh, and some wise person has said, I mean, why do you think you have two ears and one tongue? You know, you must speak much less than what you hear. Mm. Unfortunately, we speak more than what we want to hear and what, that, what, that we want to listen. Uh, just on a lighter note, some people, they say, they are prepared to give other sound advice where it becomes 90% sound and 10% advice, right? It's more shouting and screaming. They're not really giving a message. Mm. So they say sound advice, you know, it's more sound than advice. The point is that we need to take care of all these things. In mm. a marriage, we cannot have a married life where we don't speak to each other, where we don't show respect and care to each other. And uh, inshallah, if we follow the prophetic model, then we'll see our life will, 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 will come better and our marriage will be successful and prosperous as long as we take our Prophet wasallam as our guide and as our role model. Inshallah, I mean, all the best um, to that couple. Sheikh, another Ramadan question is, and also relating to anything with regards to fasting, I guess. Can I fast while using an ashma pump, Sheikh? Yeah, there is difference of opinion amongst the scholars uh, in terms of using an ashma pump. Uh, the majority of scholars of what I've seen in my research is that they say that since it is some, some form of substance that actually enters the cavity, it will nullify the fast. Okay, so you, if you are using the ashma pump, then it means your fast is not valid for that particular day. Right, uh, there are there is a minority or a small group of scholars that have opted to say no, it is permissible because the substance is negligible. It's not really a substance, but it's more equated to to air that you breathe in. Okay, and this is debatable because if you look at the ashma pump itself and the substance, if you shake it or you you you, you spray it onto your hand, you'll see that it's actually a liquid which uh, evaporates into small particles. So it's not nothing, it is a substance substance that actually enters the cavity. So based on that, the majority of scholars, uh, modern scholars that I've seen, they say that it does nullify the fast. Um, the likes of Dr. Wahab Zuhaili, a, a, a legal expert in Syria, as well as Dr. Saeed Ramadan al-Bouti, also the late uh, Dr. Saeed Ramadan al-Bouti in Egypt, also in, 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 in Al-Azhar, uh, Ramadan al-Bouti in Syria also, sorry, and also in Egypt, many scholars there, I've seen their fatawa, where they say that it does break the fast. Of course, if a person is using an ashma pump, Allah Ta'ala says, look, for, uh, you know, if you cannot, then you give a fidya. 
Allah Ta'ala has given you that leeway, uh, especially if you know that even in the future you will not be able to fast. But if you know you'll be able to fast when the weather is a bit better, then no problem. You are ill at the moment, you have to use your pump, so you simply pay in those days when the weather is a bit better for you to pay in those days if you are able to do so. That is the view of the majority of scholars. Shukran, Sheikh, for um, for that answer, alhamdulillah. Another uh, Ramadan question, Sheikh, is... Uh, Assalamu alaikum. Must a pregnant woman pay fidya as well as pay in the days she has missed, or can she only pay fidya? Uh, she obviously uh, has to first ascertain and um, acknowledge what is the reason why she's not fasting. Uh, and here she has to consult a doctor. If the doctor says that, look, it's in the first trimester, and you should not be fasting because it may harm the fetus, then in such a case, if she is not fasting on account of the fetus or the baby, then she has to pay in those days as well as give a fidya for each day that she hasn't fast, fasted. Simply because she has broken a fast for a reason other than her own health or her own self. In that case, it's fasting in the days as well as giving a fidya. But if the doctor says that, look, she's, you're pregnant, you should not be fasting, and not on account of the baby's health, but on account of your own health, and this normally towards the latter period of the pregnancy, the last trimester, for example. The, the mother is perhaps more prone to develop certain illnesses, and the fetus at that stage is quite stable and quite grown, etc. Et so it won't really affect the fetus, but it may affect the mother's health. Then in such a case, if the doctor says, look, you should not be fasting on account of your own health, then she, in that case, is considered to be a person who's ill, and so she simply pays in the days after Ramadan, and she does not have to give a fidya. Okay, so if it's on account of her own health, no fidya, it's only fasting in the days, but if it is on account of the baby that she's not fasting, then she has to pay a fidya alongside the, pay, the paying in of those days. Shukran, uh, that is Sheikh Ibrahim Wurst. We continue with your questions just after this short break on questions and answers. Stay with us. Live from Cape Town, this is the Voice of the Cape. The Voice of the Cape. Assalamu alaikum. Welcome back. Questions and Answers is the program. I'm Khawa Solomon. Answering your questions via SMS is uh, Sheikh Ibrahim Wurst. Once again, shukran for your patience as we go through your questions. We do have a backlog of almost a month's worth of questions that we have to get through and still haven't gotten to last week's. So, Sheikh, our next question is, Assalamu alaikum. What if a person keeps on letting out winds at the bottom during salah? Wind, the winds does not stop. Please advise, shukran. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. This condition of chronic uh, emission of either winds or urine is obviously a medical condition that certain people may experience. Uh, especially women as well, they may have uh, chronic discharge that that, that is uh, uh, exiting the body all the time. Uh, in such a case, uh, there's a few rules just to, to be mindful of. Um, such a person, in the case of um, chronic discharges of women or urine or stuff like that, uh, the person must, of course, try to clean himself or herself as best as they can. Right, close to the time of making hudu, uh, they should try to put cloth and to, to stop or to block um, any further spillage over onto the clothing as far as they can. Uh, they should then also take hudu as close to the beginning of the salah as possible. They should not delay, in other words, after they've taken their hudu. And also they should apply the hudu for every fard salah that they will perform. A new hudu must be made for every fard salah that they will be performing, although that one hudu will be sufficient to do extra um, sunnah ibadah, sunnah salah, you can touch the Quran with that same hudu, no problem. But if the next waqt comes in of a fard salah, then you will have to repeat 
the, the, the hudu procedure as well. So this goes for the person that has chronic winds or chronic discharge, the females, urine, etc., etc. The same rule will apply that they try to clean as far as they can and they make hudu as close to the time as possible when they're going to start the salah. There should be no unnecess- unnecessary delay between them taking hudu and making their salah. And the third rule is they have to repeat the hudu for every fart salah that they will be doing. So when they follow these rules, even if um, uh, the substance is still emitting or still exiting while they are making salah, it's no problem. They continue to make salah because there's no other way that they can do it except uh, by the way that we have described. So in that case, that would be totally acceptable uh, applying those particular criteria that we have mentioned. Another um, uh, fasting question we've just dealt with the Ashma before the break, um, Sheikh Salam just to acknowledge the question, Salam a person I know drank alcohol a few days before the fast and now the person is fasting as though nothing happened uh, Sheikh's thoughts Kanala. Yeah, of course uh, a weakness that a person may have is this kind of uh, abuse of of, of drinking and and stuff like that and we all have our weaknesses in one way or the other so if this is a weakness that the person has it's obviously a major sin it's something that a person must make tawbah for it's something that they must try to get rid of and yes uh, they should not make as if nothing has happened they should not make as if it was just a small act okay one of the major things about tawbah as I've mentioned many times before is that tawbah is to regret what you have done Toba is to feel remorse for what you have done. So this person at least must have those feeling of remorse and regret in their hearts uh, after they've stopped doing the act. They must also make a pact with Allah not to return to it. And inshallah hope, uh, they should hope that Allah Ta'ala will forgive what they are doing. Right? Especially when it comes to the drinking of alcohol and taking uh, intoxicants. There are certain ahadith where the Prophet Wasallam had uh, warned us and cautioned us to say that if you do not uh, consume that which is halal, if you put in your body that which is haram, then you are uh, actually putting yourself in a position where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is going to be very reluctant to accept your ibadah. Allah doesn't readily accept the ibadah of somebody who puts any haram in his body. Okay, And there's two ahadith that I can quote. The first one is the Prophet sallallahu says, uh, on the authority of Abdullah ibn Abbas, أَطِبْ مَطْعَمَكَ تَكُنْ مُسْتَجَابَ الدَّعْوَةِ That eat that which is pure, then you will find your dua will always be accepted by Allah. Then he says, وَالَّذِي نَفْسُ مُحَمَّدٍ بِيَدِي إِنَّ الْعَبْدَةِ لَيَقْذِفُ اللُّقْمَةَ الْحَرَامَ فِي جَوْفِهِ مَا يُتَقَبَّلُ مِنْهُ عَمَلٌ أَرْبَعِينَ يَوْمًا And this is quite a scary uh, thought where the Prophet ﷺ says to us that a person who puts haram into his body, Allah Ta'ala will not accept his deeds for 40 days. Okay, And that you can imagine that is just haram in a general sense. So what's still by putting alcohol in your body? In fact, there is a special hadith that speaks about alcohol on the same, uh, in the same way where the Prophet ﷺ also said on the authority of Abdullah ibn Amr, the Prophet says, Al-Khamru Ummul Khaba'ith That drinking alcohol is the mother of all sin or the mother of all evil. Then he says, فَمَنْ شَرِبَهَا لَمْ يَقْبَلِ اللَّهُ مِنُّ صَلَاةً أَرْمَعِينَ يَوْمًا A person who drinks alcohol, Allah Ta'ala will not accept his salah for 40 days. So it's a deterrent, it's, it's, it's wanting to show us, the Prophet is wanting to caution and warn us that we should not put haram into our bodies, things which Allah has prohibited, because that will affect the acceptance of our dua, it will accept the acceptance of our salah, it will accept, uh, it will, it will 
affect the acceptance of all our other ibadah that we do. So what we advise this person to do is make tawbah to Allah. You have this weakness. Allah is able to forgive you. He's able to overlook these uh, shortcomings of yours and these sins that you commit. But you must be sincere in returning to him. And inshallah, if you do that, then we will find that Allah is ghafoorur rahim. He's oft forgiving and most merciful. And we make dua that Allah Ta'ala keeps this brother strong, that he continues on the straight path, that he doesn't go back to that after the month of Ramadan, that he continues abstaining from that which Allah has prohibited. Shukran, Sheikh. We continue with more of your questions just after the short break. My radio station, your radio station, our radio station, the voice of the Cape. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Welcome back to our rather short edition of Questions and Answers. Jazakallah khair for your patience uh, and uh, waiting to have in anticipation your answers to your questions by Sheikh Ibrahim Was. We follow immediately with the next question. Assalamu alaikum, Sheikh. What do I do when the adhan goes off and my husband is still... He still continues to lay on bed and he performs his salah only at the time when the sun has raised already. He also comes from work and go and lay where he still needs to perform his salah. I'm so scared to say anything, not sure what his reaction will be. I told him that he must perform salah also when fasting. Sheikh. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Uh, of course, these, this is one of the uh, uh, unfortunate situations where you find that uh, people are fasting and they are doing acts of ibadah, but yet they are neglecting other acts, acts of ibadah that is equally or even more important. Uh, in this case, the salah. So this wife is complaining about the husband not making salah on time. Right, And this is a problem because uh, our Sharia and our Quran has told us clearly that Salah must be made at specific times. إِنَّ الصَّلَاةَ كَانَتْ عَلَى الْمُؤْمِنِينَ كِتَابًا مَوْكُوتًا As Allah says in the Quran, Salah must be performed on the specific times that it was prescribed to us. Um, in this case, the husband should be setting the example for his wife and his children. He should be the one that is taking the lead in these things. He should be the one that can become a role model to his children. But if he's going to lag behind or if he's going to become lackadaisical, then of course uh, the children and wife are also just going to fall by the wayside. So it's very important that uh, the husband, inshallah, take, notes of the, take note of this and, and, and recognize the role that he has to play as a father and also as a husband. And then what he's doing is obviously not uh, acceptable to make salah when the time is already out or just to do it when you want to do it, etc. And especially now your wife is concerned about you and your wife wants to help you or maybe tell you but she doesn't know how because out of fear how you're going to react it shouldn't be like that I mean there should be openness to speak to one another and to give advice this deen of ours revolves around giving advice to one another that is the beauty of our deen to give advice and also to accept advice we must be bold enough to give and also bold enough to accept advice. So what I say to this wife is that inshallah, firstly, um, you know, use your hikmah, use your wisdom as best as you can, use your beautiful character as best as you can, and speak to your husband in a way that will convince him um, that what he's doing is not is not proper. But do not speak uh, uh, at him angrily or do not speak at him as if you are thinking little of him. Try to remain respectful and try to do it in the, in the most beautiful way that you can. And by setting example, use see that you make salah on time and you wake up your children to make salah on time so that the whole family makes salah on time even if the father is a bit uh, lax maybe he will learn from that that if the family is doing it I, I should also be doing it so that is all that I can say here is try with beautiful hikmah with wisdom beautiful speech and words and action to convince your husband that what he is doing is, is not the best he should be improving himself and, and in that way also make dua for him that Allah Ta'ala guides him to do what is required from him and that he becomes a good role, role model uh, for, for you as well as for your children, inshallah. 
Shukran, Sheikh. Assalamu alaikum. Uh, this one is uh, wishing us Ramadan Kareem to all at the time we received the SMS. I'm trying to better myself as both a Muslim and as a person in this holy month, inshallah. I used to make salah on the odd occasion only, but alhamdulillah, I'm now trying to make salah every night. My husband is fasting, he swears, and he's very unappreciative, Sheikh. Yeah, I guess uh, very similar, similar to the, yeah, the previous, the previous one, question. Yeah. But first, what I want to say is that Alhamdulillah, we congratulate you for taking the step in your life, for uh, having realized that you need to serve Allah, you need to live as a better Muslim, you need to do your duties towards your Creator. And we make dua that Allah keeps you steadfast on this, on after this month of Ramadan, as well as the other months throughout the year. Allah Ta'ala keeps you focused. And we make dua for you that that becomes a realization for you. Uh, with regards to your husband, unfortunately, um, you know, swearing and being unappreciative or speaking uh, not in a suitable manner. This is something which is a weakness that your husband has. And uh, it, it, I said in a previous program as well, uh, or in a previous question that I answered, that, um, you know, to speak with uh, with dignity and speak with honor and love and, and understanding with each other is key to any any successful marriage. Okay, so the husband ought to change his ways. You ought not to be in this mode of just swearing all the time, etc. Because remember, you are speaking and addressing someone that has feelings. And feelings are regarded as sacred by Allah Ta'ala. You cannot disregard someone's feelings. Hmm. And once you've said a word of, of harm or, or that is hurtful, it will, it will scar that person. Hmm. No matter how we look at it, it will, it, will, it will create some kind of a scar on the heart of that person. And it's very difficult sometimes to, to get rid of that. That scar. So, uh, what we advise this brother is to try his level best not to use vulgar language, not to swear, try to speak. And again, uh, our role model is none other than our Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him. Just look look at his seerah, look at his life. If you claim to be a Muslim, if you claim to be a follower of Muhammad, if you claim to love him, then follow his role, uh, follow him as a role model the way that he treated his families. There was never ever a, 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 any examples where the Prophet used to swear or speak ugly or speak bad uh, or speak with vulgarity, etc. The Prophet was the most gentle person that there was. He had the most beautiful ways of speaking. And we should try to emulate that as far as we can and we ask the sister to, to remain steadfast and to continue with the salah to continue with the good and make lots of dua for your husband and for yourself that Allah Ta'ala keeps both of you on the straight path and keeps you focused uh, under his obedience inshallah Shukran Sheikh Salam I treat my son from my wife's side he is 10 um, and a Christian the same as the guy who don't want to fast my wife is a revert and she is fasting. How do I approach this? Shukran. Yeah, of course, if the son is, is Christian, which, which means that uh, the laws of Islam doesn't apply to him, right? Um, uh, in this case, you need to encourage him and speak and make da'wah to him and speak in the best way that, that you can. Uh, especially that, uh, you know, our deen is not a deen of forcing people to become Muslim or coercing people, uh, you know, by any means. But it's always a deen where we encourage. Mm. And the best way that we encourage is through our personalities, through our character, much more than what we say. Okay, I've said this so many times before. You make da'wah with your state before you make da'wah with your words. Very often we can speak and speak, but it will fall on deaf ears. But then you just do one act of kindness to someone, and that will change his perception altogether. Okay, so especially if it is a, a, a boy of ten, right? Um, uh, as a boy of ten, he needs that encouragement, especially now that his mother has reverted to Islam. Okay, uh, and he is living in an, a Muslim environment. 
it should be easier for him to see the beauty of Islam because he is in that environment already. Okay, so speak to him, but don't don't make it a point of uh, being like in his face and telling him all the time that you must become Muslim. Or, you know, we don't want him to become apprehensive towards the deen. Mm. That can that can easily have that effect if a person is too vociferous in the approach. Mm. Okay, the approach must be one of da'wah, of hikmah. The approach must be one of personality and character more than anything else. He must be able to see what Islam is. See what Islam means And I mentioned this uh, clip that was going around In the Jumu'ah talk that I gave uh, I think last week or the week before A beautiful clip of a woman, a revered woman Who visited a Palestinian woman And she was totally in awe Of this person's humbleness And humility and beauty Even though this person had nothing This person had absolutely nothing The house was empty But when she asked this person So why are you still fasting? Why are you fasting the month of Ramadan When you yourself have nothing? And she said, well, I fast so that at least, you know, I can feel what people feel that don't have. And yet she had nothing. Irony. So in other words, what it meant was that she still deemed herself better off than someone else, although she had minimal things. Mm -hmm. And that is what what made this person say, if this is Islam, then I want to be Islam. Mm -hmm. You know, if this is how Muslims think and act, then this is what I want to be. So this is what I would say to this person. Just show your Islam through kindness and through good character like our Prophet ﷺ did. And you'll see the results will be amazing. You'll see the, the, the results will blow you away mm-hmm. in terms of how you are able to influence a person by merely uh, showing him or her the beautiful side and the beautiful things that Islam allows us to do. And the way that we interact with each other, the way that we speak to each other, the way that we care for each other. These are all things that will be much more powerful as a da'wah tool than a thousand words or a million words that you want to speak. So we, we inshallah make dua that this becomes uh, a realization for this family Amen. where the son will also become Muslim uh, out of seeing the beauty of what Islam stands for and the character of the Muslims uh, that they ought to have inshallah. I mean, uh, and Sheikh, you've left the show with an, an apt nasiha as well. Um, inshallah, we, we grant this uh, brother the strength to um, afford the, the necessary openness um, to this young boy because he is just 10. We don't even know if he's more so he's under the wing of his mother. So inshallah, may he be guided to the straight path of Islam. Amen. 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 Unfortunately, our time has run up, Sheikh. So shukran so much again once for your time. Um, and to the listeners, we really, really appreciate your sabr. And this time of your questions will be answered. Alhamdulillah, we've done quite a few. Um, so stay tuned next week. Same time, same place. Between 6 and 7, we will answer your questions on this uh, question and answer from Sheikh. Uh, once again, shukran to you as well. And we'll see you next week. Jazakumullah khairan to you. Sister Hawa and to all our listeners uh, until we meet again Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh to Sheikh Ibrahim was and from myself Hawa Sanaman a very good day to you and be safe wherever you are Wassalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh